I'm running for office because I want to improve the lives of the people that I love in the city that's the greatest city in the world. What? What does that even mean? What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here is always with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about what's that? Travis. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And per usual, we are stoked that you're here. Sure. This week on the show, we are talking to... Uh, District 1 City Councilor Sean Rose, who is currently running for re-election. Uh, and before we waste any more time, let's just dive into it, right, Ricky? I mean, that was a good... That works for me. I'm very hyped on this interview. I've learned a lot, um, and I'm hoping that you guys all learn a lot, too. Yeah, so check this out, and we'll see you guys in a bit. Well, what is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome to this episode of Seltzer Time. And this week, we are talking to District 1 City Councilor Sean Rose, who is currently running his third re-election campaign. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you both for having me. It's a, a true pleasure. Uh, I really mean that. Uh, it's not often that old guys like us, us get to hang out with people like you all, so appreciate it. Old guys. I would, We're pretty I, old. <laughs> I was going to say, I would consider us contemporaries, probably. We're only 10, 12 years out. <laughs> um, but Sean and I have had a wonderful time uh, working together on Pow Wow, uh, Pow Wow Worcester, and we've seen him out and about in the community, and he's currently running in a pretty heated election here in our fair city, so we thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring him on, have a little conversation about what it stands for. Uh, just to go through some of your your the notes that we talked about before the show, first person of color in District 1 as a city councilor, that's pretty cool. And then last time you ran unopposed and kind of like share with us a little bit about why that was significant. So District 1 uh, is a very active uh, electorate. Um, district 1 votes more than two districts, two, three and four combined. We actually rival District 5 a little bit and who, you know, they get out the vote um, numbers. Um, and so because it's so active, um, there are a lot of people paying attention. And as a result of that, um, to go um, unopposed, um, you know, for the first time in over a decade is, um, is it kind of speaks to, you know, what what my energy and my constituent service and all those things. So um, it's something that I do, um, you know, reflect back upon quite a bit as a, something that I can be proud of. That's awesome. So you said. District one and district five are the two most active. Uh, is there, do you know why that is, or do you have like an idea of why that that's the case? Um, I mean, I think that we in the city, um, despite one and five being as active as they are, um, I think that uh, one of the things that I've always strived for, and I know some of my colleagues have for as well, is to try to get out the vote as much as possible. I don't think that people realize that the municipal, you know, um, 
uh, official, uh, your elected official in the district has more impact on you than President Biden uh, ever will, right? You now we're talking about public safety, trash, trees, um, snow removal. I mean, we actually have a significant impact on your life. Um, you know, we can raise your taxes, prevent your kids from going to you know college, or you know, there's so many um, different challenges. That we're faced with to try to you know, uh, provide resources and create balance that like we should be taken far more seriously than we are and we're not you know when you see the numbers for a presidential election significantly different than the municipal and i think that um you know civics is something that i've been pushing i've been to a number of middle schools talking about the importance of voting um you know growing up as a poor kid i didn't really recognize that voting was like super important at all um and so getting that message out and helping people to understand you know how how intricate and important it is and how we have a, such an impact on your quality of life is something that i've been really you know striving to do and getting out there um you know and and, and doing and all of the schools in my district and I've been to Worcester East Middle and, you know, the list goes on. I think it's, um, you know, we need we need more people paying attention uh, and the hope is that we'll be able to get there. But unfortunately, uh, in a big, you know, a lot of the city, that's it's not as valued as we would hope. Sure. I, it, go ahead, Ricky. Oh, sorry. It's just interesting for me personally, like, getting more involved in politics over the last, you know, seven years where it like, I mean, that comes with getting older and like paying attention more to things, but like, especially the last couple of years where everything had such a spotlight on it, where last year it was, you know, the, the get, if you don't like what's going on in the city, you have to get out and vote. You have the power to change it. And then, you know, in a, in a good way, like nothing, really has happened this year that's like really put a spotlight on that but it also kind of sucks because you lose that i don't want to call it momentum because that's not the right word for it but you lose that that you it's know it's an urgency thing exactly yeah the urgency isn't is really like almost gone right, in a way yeah and we've had other uh voting advocates out on the show before talking about how important the civic elections are comparatively to the national election we couldn't agree more that we recognize that it starts here in our community and through efforts of people like you that we're able to actually see change and actually see impact. Help uh, a knuckle dragger like me, District 1, what is that actually like? What's the geography? I'm so bad with. Yeah, so before I get in the geography, I will just um, just echo your, your points and your sentiments on that. Like, what is the hot button issue right now? Right, so we're the third safest city on this side of the Mississippi, right? Um, we just got census tracking. Um, we're the fourth biggest city in, on this side of the Mississippi in the Northeast, but behind Boston, New York, Buffalo. Um, we are, you know, uh, valuations are they're sky high. Uh, we have people in development coming into the city, hand over foot, left over right, um, tripping over each other to like get in here. Um, because of the remote learning and access, you, you, there's no big pressure around, you know, uh, MBTA train service. Let's bring people to and from Boston to fill things up people are working from home people are coming in and working here um 
We have, um, you know, our schools, all four of my daughters have gone to the Worcester Public Schools. It's uh, like they're doing a tremendous job. I mean, so it's like there's no hot button issue at the moment. Um, and so I think that's what really prevents people from getting to the polls, right? It's not this one thing where we need to really rally around, you know, if you were a Trump hater or whatever, you're like, we're going to get the Democrats need to rule or whatever it may be. And so I think that's one of the challenges that you find in our elections is also, you know, the two most the two most influ well there's three influential people in the city in my opinion but it's like you know the city manager runs the city the superintendent runs the schools and then the mayor runs the relationships in the city then you have five at-large councillors you have five district councillors what does that really mean because they all have the same vote so that's confusing so all these little things about our form of e-form of government really trip people up in terms of like but to your point, Travis, like, where's the urgency? And so, like, I represent 36,000 people, uh, soon to be 41 or 42,000 people of the recent census. If I were overseeing 40,000 people in any one town uh, in Massachusetts, I'd be the 40th or between 40th and 45th biggest city or town in the state of Massachusetts amongst 360 or 371 or whatever it may be. Right. And so it's like, people don't realize that city is big. And so like for me, we're a Highland street uh, across the street from Doherty. Doherty is not in district one, contrary to what most people believe. And then we go over to the Newton Ave Rotary. We get over to Midland, Richmond, Salisbury, Olden Street, Grove. Um, we go all the way up to Holden. We go all the way to West Boylston. We have Ararat, Greendale, um, Burncoat by the Triangle. A lot of people think that Burncoat uh, High School and Middle School in District 1, it's actually not. We start in Rexham Road beyond uh, Burncoat High School. So they're not even in really in the district. And then we go all the way back and then we have Lincoln Village, a little bit of Lincoln Street and Greatbrook Valley. So, you know, look at it in terms of a pizza slice. We have one of the most affluent areas of the district there. And then you get very blue collar and then the, the rest kind of fills itself in. So we have one of the most diverse. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's real. I had no idea that it went that district one went all the way down on like the Lincoln area. I had no clue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's incredible. Just the contrast from like Salisbury street out to great Brook Valley. Like if that doesn't paint two different types of people that are still the beautiful thing is they both inhabit the same city. So we're all part of the same. That's like, ah, that's cool. Very, very cool. So for somebody like me, who was, um, you know, I grew up a poor kid, I grew up in the Great Brook Valleys and the Lincoln Villages of the world between, you know, kindergarten and seventh, eighth grade and moved into like, you know, middle class, um, you know, middle socioeconomic, you know, communities and so on. And then put myself through school and raised my children and met my wife. And, you know, she wanted to raise our kids here in Worcester and we're here. She has a big family following. Her uh, dad was a former senator before Harriet Chandler. Um, her uncle was on governor's council. Her grandfather was one of the first mayors of the city, helping bring the airport here. Uh, James Z. O'Brien, like her cousin Molly McCullough is on school committee. John Mahoney, who's a state rep, has been a longtime family friend. I've known him for many years, even before he was even in politics. I love John Mahoney on the other side. So that's kind of how the intersection of where I've kind of come into this thing from. And, um, you know, it's um, this raising children here has been a, a, an incredible benefit 
uh, in my life to, to do that. And so I feel like I can, I've had experience playing the alley, right? You know, so I've been in the Grapefruit Valley and Lincoln Village world and then sort of work my way in and around and up in between. And so that's how I govern and sure. that's how I create policy and that's how I try to create good balance. And, and so I think that I'm a good match um, for the district and, 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 and probably the city really, when you think of it. We're, we're minority majority under 55. A lot of people don't know that. Um, we are, really? I'll say that again, we are a majority minority under 55. That's nuts. That's awesome. That's great way. Yeah. yeah. In all the best ways. I mean, it just, without getting into that's the way the world should be. Uh, how, all right. What, were you always intended to go into politics? Like, was this something that you saw? Is this what you, what you do full time? No, absolutely not. So I am a president and CEO of a agent, small nonprofit agency that serves disabled uh, folks, um, eight through 80. Um, I have a women's empowerment program uh, that I, I was born out of me, you know, wanting to um, I was volunteering at Girls Inc. with some very talented basketball players over there. And I, I wanted them to get out on the AAU circuit like I played, you know, a little bit as a kid. And my wife and I paid for them to play and got some good stuff going on and early on and got them some exposure. And the next thing you know, we created this Worcester Union Women's Empowerment Program. And now we have 100 girls softball doing this. And we were, you know, early on, we were like, well, we want them to give back to the community in some way. And so they started with this community service. So that's been crazy. I built a school and, um, you know, I was always somebody who worked under people in the nonprofit mental health world and decided well, I was going to build my own school. I built my own school in Puerto Rico for um, failure to launch young adult men, men 18 to 24 with an amazing clinical model. Um, and so the thing for me was when Tony O'Connor decided that he wasn't going to run an additional term, some people reached out and I'm like, oh, you should run. And I was like, nah, I'm really not that guy. And then I'll never forget, I uh, pulled papers out of City Hall and I was like in the elevator at City Hall and somebody from the Telegram called me and Worcester Magazine when it was in his heyday. And I was like, I was like, I guess there's no real turning back now. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's really how it all started. And, you know, um, my father-in-law is, um, you know, just um, an amazing mentor and people in my family and my wife, who is just a stud, like we're always just, you know, well, like, let's get it. It's about quality of life. You've been a career advocate. This is now you're going to be a career advocate where you actually create policy that helps people, yeah. which I was really into. That's so cool. I, I, it's really interesting that you have the support system around you where like, you know, in some way or form, everybody you are, you know, either related to or know has some kind of political background in a way, which I'm sure helps like any questions you had going into it, or even, you know, today, any questions you have, you kind of have some people you can bounce ideas off of and, and ask kind of key questions that I'm sure a lot of people in your position don't have that type of surrounding. That's incredible. No, I mean, my wife is just my, um, 
you know, my judge and jury, right? Like she's the one who was like, no, I don't really like that. Like we were rolling around on electric scooters yesterday around the- I saw that on Twitter. Neighborhood. <laughs> Somebody like, posted it. And it was like fun. It was like, you know, you get to people quicker, it's in and out. And she was like, that's stupid and gimmicky. Like, why are you putting it out there? And I'm like, huh, I'm like trying to blast the more doors. It's just quicker. And she's like, I don't really love it. You know, so she's been really somebody who is, not afraid to have an opinion on what I'm doing, but we also surround ourselves with Republicans and unenrolled and the GLBTQ community and, you know, the black and brown community. We have a bunch of people who are always giving us feedback. And I think that that's important because, you know, if I surrounded myself with a bunch of people who are like, you're the greatest all the time, you know, (laughs) it's like you get to this place where there's no accountability and that's never something that we've done. And, um, I do think that our our group around us is a little bit perplexed um, by what's happened in recent months around this like mistruths and painting me to be somebody. Oh, we're going to get to that. I have some hard hitting questions for you. I mean, we're just, it's just, it's very odd. Um, And, but we're, we're, we're working together. We we're in a, we're in a good group now and we feel really good about, you know, uh, November 2nd. Yeah, that's a, that's an important date. So anybody that's listening, November second, if you're in District One, you have a, a person running for you that you can listen to. But if you're anywhere in the city, you're going to have somebody to vote for. So educate yourself, learn who the hell's representing you for all the reasons we've talked about and so many more. Mm-hmm. But uh, you brought up a really good point that this election or this campaign that you are running has been particularly interesting, in the sense that there are a lot more voices getting involved, and the person that you are running against. Uh, Cipro. I don't remember the gentleman's first name, oddly enough. Um, it's, my, it's Rick. That's right. You're right. It's Rick the same name. Well, first name. You guys are the same person? No, hell no. So, but Sean, ultimately, what I want to know is why do you hate cops? Like, <laughs> everybody knows you hate cops. Why do you hate them? Um, you know, fun fact, Travis, is that I actually took the civil service exam on the South Shore and was uh, in line to actually, um, you know, become a cop at some point in my life. Um, I have zero issue with cops. I grew up in, um, you know, Providence. We, we lived in Fall River, New Bedford, all these gateway cities, spent time in Providence and so on. But I've said ever since we moved here 20 years ago uh, that this police department is just tremendous in terms of what it does and uh, what it covers and what it offers. Um, I voted for the police budget every year uh, to in- increase the budget. I've never uh, voted to defund a penny from the police. Um, there are a couple of things that I voted on that are being kind of just conveyed in all the wrong ways. Um, but, you know, to my earlier point, you know, what is a hot button issue, right? Like the city is doing better, arguably better than it's done in like recent history. So I think that, you know, if you're going to run against an incumbent, you need to try to point to some things to, you know, question their character or question their votes. And I think those are those things. And so when the police chief, the police chief, this is important. The police chief made a decision that because of the state reforms, the police chief, just want to remind everyone the police chief, Steve Sargent, um, said, um, given the new uh, reforms coming down from the state, we are no longer going to um, be able to have SROs in our schools. Okay, so there are 52 schools. 
there were six or seven SROs in these schools, our high schools, okay? And so he said, we're no longer going to be able to do this. It was part of the uh, reforms that came through with the city manager. And I voted in support of his saying, we need to do this differently, that we cannot have SROs like in our schools, like with a home base, really is was, was, was really what it really came down to is that you don't want to have somebody who's like in the schools, um, stationed in the schools, stationed in the schools. Yeah. yeah. And so he said that and I, I voted in support of that, but I also doubled it down. I doubled down on it because at the time I had three kids in high school. So I am putting my faith and trust in the chief and the city manager and this committee uh, to explore other ways to keep our high school or students safe. And so that is something that I've heard over and over again, that I'm not a supporter of the police because I supported the chief, <laughs> doubled it down with my support by not, you know, creating any drama around the fact that my three daughters, my three young daughters are in high school, public schools. Um, so that's that's where that came from. And then there was the Shot Spotter Connect program. So uh, Shot Spotter for, you know, if you know this already, but a, a, a gun goes off somewhere and we have Shot Spotter in the local community, we can identify where that went off. We can, you know, the, provide resources. WP gets out there quick, whatever it may be. Um, I've always voted for Shot Spotter. I think that that's an excellent, excellent resource for the city and a much needed uh, resource for, you know, a gateway city like us. Shot Spotter Connect was a software technology that spun off of ShotSpotter that had only been adopted by five or six different communities around the country. Huh. Around I thought the they were the same thing. No, that's the misconception from everyone. I will always vote for ShotSpotter. ShotSpotter all day, every day. But ShotSpotter Connect is this unproven software and technology um, that is a spinoff of ShotSpotter. So it costs $250,000 for this, quarter million dollars. And prior to us voting on this, we had patted ourselves on the back as a city council for giving taxpayers back a million dollars in COVID. So now we have something that we're like, oh, like we're not gonna test drive that car. We're just gonna buy it, right? Okay. With a quarter million dollars. And I was like, uh, I'm not really into that. Yeah, that's weird. And and you had like people from you know the black and brown community and everyone being like, every time we Google this, it says nothing but bad things. Um, and then there were like bad optics, like there was like some suggestion that this deal was already done before it was done. And um, I thought that um, Deputy Chief Saucier did a really great job of like conveying to people what it really was. But the people who were like with them from the ShotSpotter Connect program were so bad that it was just like, I was like, I, I, we just can't help that. I was like, I can't do this. So, yeah. so to your point, Travis, uh, uh, no, that's, the, that's where this is all born out of me hating the police on those two things. Uh, I have kids in the schools. Like, like if the yeah. chief is saying that, you know, trust me, like we're going to make a good plan. You know, he's never, you know, stared me wrong in, in my being an elected official. I'm going to roll with that. And that's what I did. Sounds like you're letting somebody do their job and you're supporting the other things and protecting your community. Uh, 
that to me sounds very reasonable. And I agree that it does seem like it's making mountains out of a molehill and they're trying to get in your armor wherever the, the weaknesses are. Yes. That's wild. And it's, and it's, it's the whole back to the perplex piece. It's like, it's just strange that, you know, we have facts out there. Like it's just people, there's just some immunity to logic uh, and facts. Like my voting record does not suggest anything negative about the police. Um, in the middle of COVID, I was the one who was like, you know, uh, through our campaign, offering meals and doing crazy stuff. We did it to the communication center up by the, uh, uh, the airport. We did it to the, 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 the you know, the, the main building on Lincoln Street. We did. We took care of people there. Like I'm not. I've been. You know, public safety is not something that anybody ever questioned me. I was um, the 1009. The, the firefighters endorsed me twice. I think I was uh, one of their earlier endorsements in 2017. It's public safety is not something that anybody's really had to had to question uh, with me in terms of where I sit on it. And I will tell you that being a, a black elected official. Uh, in this climate, after the murder of George Floyd, supporting the police wasn't easy. Right. Can't, can't imagine can't it was. Wrap my head around that. It wasn't easy. <laughs> um, they came in with their budget three times. I, I proved their budget verbally three times. And then the murder of George Floyd happened. And there were some efforts to kind of change that. And I'm stuck to my word because in politics, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, is your word and your follow through. Um, and um, I didn't feel comfortable after giving my word, you know, switching and changing that. Now, should we look at things a little bit reflectively? Always, you know, like the back to the point of can't wrap yourself around a bunch of people saying how great you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and it's just really unfortunate that we're, we're in this place of me being a anti-police person. It is... Um, it's really sad, um, to be honest. For somebody who would have no idea how to find this, including myself, you said everything you vote on, it's, it's public record. Where can somebody go to see that? So we've uh, put a lot of uh, items up on my website, seanforworcester.com, S-E-A-N-F-O-R, uh, worcester.com. We put a bunch of things about my record up there. We just recently um, completed a lit piece of fact and fiction. Uh, and it really speaks to, you know, apparently I'm um, going to you know, be this next superintendent of schools, which is also really um, interesting. Uh, I continue to be promoted in a lot of different ways. I was going to be the, the senator. There's like all these things that are coming up. So just really pointing some of these uh, mistruths out. Um, and, you know, the I have a master's in education that I'm not going to apologize for. Uh, I am a certified principal, K through six, five through eight, and I recently got my superintendent's licensure. Um, and my goal in doing so is in the past, as I mentioned, I, I built a school down in Puerto Rico that's a young adult program. Uh, I built therapeutic day programs in Marlboro, Massachusetts. I've done the same in Thompson, Connecticut. Uh, for the disability community. And my getting my superintendent's licensure was actually really uh, interesting because the whole motivation around it wasn't about, um, was more about if I'm the superintendent of my own therapeutic day program. So these are um, disabled folks who have IEPs and school systems can't meet their 
um, you know, the, the, the individual things that they need social, emotionally, or physically, or whatever it may be. And so a school will say, all right, you're built for this, we're not. And then, so that's your therapeutic place. Well, like we have, you know, ADA compliance, we have different, you know, technology, we have teachers who would specialize in acts. Um, and so my motivation behind getting my superintendent licensure was like, cool, if I don't have to pay a superintendent, 175, 200,000, 225,000, that's 175, 200, 225,000 that I can pay more to the teachers. So this was just me like (laughs) wanting to like reinvest the best possible staff that I can for this like disabled community. And somehow it got turned around on me that I'm like in the bag for, you know, becoming, you know, the next superintendent of schools and that I hate Maureen Benenda. And it's just like, it's the fact that there are actually people Ricky, who actually believe this. That's crazy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but nothing surprises me anymore. I don't know. No, in this well, day and age and with all the misinformation, like rumor mills have always been an issue, but now they're supercharged with the internet being as it is. And there's all these groups that exist. I, I don't know if our listeners know of some of the stuff that came out of a police group a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the mayor got a mustache thanks to some local resident that decided to put this image together. And it's just as it's through those types of communities that I think a lot of this crap is getting spread. And I don't fully know how to combat it other than to get out here and be like, you, you guys aren't talking about truths here. That police page is, um, you know, it's, uh, it got some, you know, people are focused on it a couple weeks ago because of what was placed out there. But that police page has been uh, has been dividing our city. Has it really? For um, since the murder of George Floyd, um, there have been like racist, uh, you know, uh, homophobic. Um, this is the anti-Semitic is new, but there's no new controversy to that. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who have been hurt by this page um, for many, many, many months. Um, and it's uh, I'm happy um, that uh, there, there, you know, some stuff was put out there that they have to look at their systems and their policy and their administration a little bit better. Um, but I wish it was done 15 months ago because it's been heartbreaking to see some things that have come out from there. It's, I mean, as a person who like literally my job is working in social media and I work in the medical field and everything that we do or that I'm allowed to do on social is like so heavily regulated to the point of like liking tweets. I have to get approved and things like that. Having a page that like represents the police department you would think going into it, there would already be, you know, like an official gatekeeper, I guess is like a good word for it. Um, who kind of monitors what's going on on there, whether, you know, I don't know. It's as easy as just hiding a comment. You don't have to leave up things that are clearly going to be bad. Like a, they're bad, just, you know, on paper, like you see this, you know, as an adult, this shouldn't exist here, especially on something that's supposed to be painting the police and, the light that they should be viewed in to leave them up there is unbelievably irresponsible. And even if one person's in charge, there's a lot of people who have the power to change that, who clearly just, you know, ignored it and stepped around it until it became an issue to the point where the mayor had to call them out. And like, that's, it's kind of crazy that it took 
like you're saying, what, a year or 15 months for, for something to be put in place when it should have been put in place like day one. It's... So they had a, um, they had a young black boy on that page with a ski mask on. Uh, and um, he was probably, you know, between six or eight. Uh, and uh, there was a comment on there that said, um, if you get a bank loan, uh, you need to pay it back for 30 years. If you rob a bank, you get 10 years. Follow me for financial advice. And it had 89 or 90 some odd likes and was shared over 25 times. That's unbelievable. And my, can, and my opponent and his campaign manager are the two administrators of that site. Well, that's interesting. That's a little bit of information I didn't hear. Yeah. That's... Isn't that fascinating? There was Let's a, talk about some other. There was a comment on there that said, um, oh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, the GBTQ community wants the Green Bay Packers to change their name or something like that. Like, what are we, like, how crazy is that? Like, that was on there. Like, so stupid. Like, and to your point, Ricky, uh, I have several pages. I have yeah. the city council page, I have our Worcester Union page, I have my agency page. Um, we had a um, a very pro Celtics page. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now they're like, and um, you know, you 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 have proper monitoring, you have proper oversight, you have proper. There was a time when um, things are being put up on that page, or I would actually text one of the administrators and say, "Hey, this was sent to me. Can you please take this down?" Um, like I was like a conduit to like helping you know, uh, administer that page at, at one point. And it's, um, it's just, again, you know, the, these are people who are uh, running for office uh, and um, it's, it's heartbreaking um, that some of these things could be put up with no uh, recourse. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's just so insane. I mean, it's like drilled into so many people's heads, like, you know, you, what, what you post represents you and your employer and the fact that, and I think the same thing should go for what you allow to stay up on something that you're in charge of represents, you know, you what and you your employer, for. whether, whether you like it or not, that's how it's seen. Like mm -hmm. granted, a, an officer didn't post the mayor petty thing or, or, you know, hopefully none of those other things that we just talked about but they saw that they were up there and nothing was done to take them down. And that's a problem. And that's a problem that people in the community see. And then it, it makes the WPD as a whole look horrible, which we, everybody knows, you know, isn't true, but it's an easy thing to shoot. Like, I don't want to say shoot at, that sounds bad, but <laughs> like, you know, like take a, take a swing at where it's like, Oh, you allowed this to stay up there. It, when at the end of the day, there's, there's people who have the power to change that and they chose not to. And that's a very, very, very big issue. Mm -hmm. and they have people in the community that support them prominent people in the community that support them okay. all that stuff you lifted listed off sean is that why you were the recipient of the conductor of the community award from the railers yeah i was uh i was proud to be the uh conductor of the community award it's um you know we you know, uh, you know, my wife does not uh, appreciate me being on any soapboxes or bragging on myself or anything like that. And we do quite a bit that just flies under the radar. And I was fortunate that. You know, like that, building multiple schools. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like the railers, um, you know, saw, you know, some of the things that we were doing behind the scene and, um, you know, acknowledged me. Jess Walsh also was acknowledged uh, uh, there amongst the other people. And uh, I was really, really happy um, to be awarded that. Yeah, it seems like it was a kind of a swish, a swoosh rather, like a no brainer. So I'm sure Cliff must have donated to your campaign. No. No donations from Mr. Rucker. No, not not uh, not at five, as a five twelve on ten four. No, no. Interesting. And I've seen you at like the Polar Park games. You seem to like going to Polar Park and checking out the baseball team. Yeah, you know my uh, uh, quick funny story is um, my wife's college roommate. Um, they ended up living in Somerville together after graduating. Um, emailed Larry Lucchino in the early 90s and said, hey, um, every time I go to a Red Sox game, they win. And, you know, she PDF'd all the things with all the scores on them. She said, move me up the season ticket list. And um, he did. And so That's she awesome. was oh, my God. She's like, I have 81 games. What am I going to do with this? And so my wife and I. Um, ended up, you know, purchasing year after year, like, you know, dozens of games from her. I was able to see, um, you know, the World Series and fortunate enough to see all those things because of her and all that. And um, it's kind of one of our, my wife and I's pastime when we'd get off the train in Davis Square, she and I would go and sit and watch Little League games and whatever. So when Pola Park came um, and we got it all done and it was only natural that, I, you know, we were going to get season tickets and sort of uh, bring ourselves back to the you know, place of joy or whatever. And um, yeah, I think um, so myself and Molly McCullough, I think, are the only two elected officials with season tickets. And uh, it's been just incredible to be at the park and you just don't feel like you're in the city. And you know, I just keep looking around from when, you know, had the privilege of being there when it was just cement and other things and um, just a huge supporter big Red Sox baseball Celtics Patriots fan and just she is too and it's just perfect for us sure I like how you said you don't feel like you're in the city because I've had the same feeling and then depending on where you stand you can like you can see where the dive was if you're like up higher in the boxes or you can see the train station you're like oh I am in the city like it's like such a weird Mm -hmm. amazing thing like I kind of like that feeling of of feeling like you shouldn't be here, which is kind of cool because it just kind of shows like where the city's headed. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Agreed. Yeah. So Polar, like Crowley's must support your campaign, right? No. No, not at this time. Um, no, not but at this time. Both of those, them and Mr. Rucker has made donations to Cipro's campaign though. That's interesting. Yeah. You'd think two companies like that wouldn't want to support somebody that would have those kind of views tied to them. That's interesting. We are officially a bubbly drinking podcast now. We will not drink polar seltzer. We've been talking bubbly. to Topo Chico. I mean, no, there, it's it's <laughs> no secret that this show isn't isn't a uh, polar butt kisser. We've been complaining for years that they should have just given us money and sponsored money. us with no questions asked, but. Here we are getting a bunch of Topo Chico company from the West coast. Cause they're better. But anyway, no, I just, to what we were talking about, you, you vote with your dollars, you vote with your time and your energy and you put yet stuff to the people that matter. And you put that stuff to the people that are doing the work. And in my opinion, I feel like those two organizations have misstepped by not supporting 
a person or a campaign that has done so much good in our community and is so community oriented, which aligns with both of their missions, which makes you scratch your head at the end of the day being like, what do they see? No, you're right, uh, Travis. And, um, you know, it's, I'm a pretty sensitive guy, you know, like I'm not actually not really even made up for politics. Like I, you know, I get sad and upset. I don't really have thick skin in that way. And when these things happen and, um, you know, there was a lot of um, skepticism, if you remember about Polar Park and like, it's, um, you know, like the idea was like, listen, like we're going to put this park here. And then there's going to be an insane amount of development that's going to like, you know, even out the tax base and all these things. People are like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like you're using all of our tax dollars for this. This is going to be a waste. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And, you know, I, I do feel like I was one of the, the champions for it. Uh, I thought it was like a um, it was boomer bust and I put my reputation on the line. Um, and and uh, I do think that it was the right thing to do. And it's just really. Um, sad that you know we have a, a couple developers or a couple folks who um you know the, maybe miss that or or don't value that as much as you know we thought that they would have so i think it's good that you don't have thick skin honestly um going back again being somebody who over the last couple of years has like really started to take politics a little more seriously um the not to bring up Trump, but like the whole thing with him was like, he's not a politician. He's not a politician, but he is like, he's just, he is like the, all the the worst things about politicians. It's refreshing that you're not that like you are building schools and you know, saying you get sad. Like I've never heard a politician come straight out. I'm like, I have feelings. Like you never hear that. You hear the, the pitch basically. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's, it's just interesting that certain, like you're saying, certain developers like don't value the, the human aspect of it. And your track record obviously speaks for itself. Like we don't need to say that it's it's out there and you've been doing this for so long now. It's just interesting. And if all of this doesn't underline that stuff, what we kind of started this whole thing with was how important city politics is, how local politics, the fact that you can have a real person representing you is more likely in local politics because it's somebody that's probably from that community that sees the issues and is part of that community. And they're putting their time and effort into wanting to make it a better place for everybody. You know, the um, I initially ran on this like um, motivation that like, I want my daughters to come back and raise their children here in the city in the same way that their mom did, right? Like, um, you know, I met her, we were uh, working outside of Fitchburg and Ashby uh, at a fresh air camp for homeless kids from Boston. Um, And we worked 20 days in a row. You know, it was like, you know, I think you could get away with it back in the 90s. Um, And um, we got three days off and I'll never forget. I was like, you know, we go to the Cape, we go to New York, we go to like, what are we doing? And she's like, we're going to Worcester. And we were like at Chow Beller like four hours later. And, you know, it was like one of those things where it was like, this was like the most important place to her. And she loves this city with all of her heart and she wanted to raise our kids here. And so it was a no brainer for us to do that. So when I initially ran, I was was like I can make this a better place for for my kids and my grandkids and remember to come back here and live and work and um, you know she's an assistant principal you know my sister-in-laws work all over the city and 
you know, um, it was one of those things where it was like really just exciting to just improve the quality of life for everybody. So like with that intention and this third term, it's a little bit different for me. Um, you know, it's, um, so much divisiveness around the country, um, so much hate. Um, you're either, you know, on one side or the other. We have a cancellation policy now where it's like, oh, if you disagree with me, we're just never going to talk again. And, you know, families that are being ripped apart and it's just all these things. And it's like, I do feel like I'm like my goal in this current next term has been divisiveness in the city, on the council and in the communities. And it's just to really bring people together. It's like, you know, we can disagree. We can agree to disagree and move forward, right? Like that not everything is about cancellation. Like my votes, my values, my uh, wanting to create everything balanced in terms of resources in the district. Um, I think that I have a track record for just bringing people together. And it's just like, it's okay. You can be a Republican and unenrolled and Democrat. Like let's all work together together. you know, for the common good. And I think that's what's really missing right now. Everyone's drawn a line in the sand and I'm hoping to erase it. Like, let's just come together and work together and let let me help you, like you on this side, who is like, you know, you know, people say like, there are two sides. It's like the crazy left or the crazy right. And there's nothing in the middle, right? And it's like, there's no, I am quintessential middle. Right? <laughs> like, my, my wife jokes around with me all the time and about like, um, you know, the criticisms of me that I'm not left enough on certain things, right? Like we wish you were more left on this thing or that thing. And that's probably fair or justified. But, you know, my uh, father-in-law told me like, um, if you don't sleep well at night, you're not doing a good job. And I sleep well uh-huh. um, because I feel like I've, I, I don't agonize over the votes that I made. I'm analytical, I'm pragmatic, I do my research, I do my homework. And if I could just educate people on different sides, like, right, you're right on this regard and you're right on that regard, but let's figure out the common ground and meet in the middle. And, and that's really what I'm motivated to do in this next term, because I do feel like there's a quite a bit of brokenness around us that needs to be repaired. Yeah, I, I mean, it's good that you're not too far left on one thing or not you don't just serve the side, the left side, right? Like you, you, we just talked about a little while about how big this district is and how diverse this district is. You being super left would be a nightmare. A disservice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A disservice. That makes way more sense, but it just, it would be just not ideal. And like, that's just crazy that people can't see that. Like it is, I know the last couple of years, or I mean, the last how, forever, basically, in terms of like presidents and stuff, like it really does. There is a, a really clear line, but there shouldn't like there's a clear line to like what people want, and there's been a clear ish picture of like where those presidents stand. But like at the end of the day, like they do have to serve everybody. So it's cool that you're going into this not waving the left flag. Like you're like no, I I am here to help everybody like that's literally your job that's awesome yeah and i try to like be thoughtful and use the people around me and get good feedback and do my own homework you know um like people wanted the columbus statue to come down right um and i felt like 
Um, there should have been more listening sessions and more opportunities for people to be more vocal about it, that I didn't feel like it was the city's responsibility to say like, oh, well, we're taking this thing down. I thought it should have been more collective. Um, you know, I, I didn't, like I said, I gave my word about the defunding of the police and there are like other elements of things, you know, that have popped up over time. Those are the two that kind of stick out, but it's, um, I've always just done my diligence and done my homework. And to your point, it's a very active and diverse constituency. Um, but even little things, like it seems like a small thing, but it's like, if you look at like the streets and sidewalks I've always chosen, like I've literally done the math on that. So that's like even, right. <laughs> even, even everywhere. It's like even Stephen everywhere. It's like, so, you know, the, the Highland street side gets a little bit, the Ararat does, the Burncoat, the Valley, the Lincoln Village. Like I've always done that is just try to create that good balance you know, the parks that are coming online. So now we have one on Ararat Street that's coming on that I'm really excited about because that's one of the big things that I initially ran on. We got a um, Great Brook Valley, um, you know, coming in online with a, a park and we're improving the empowerment center there and providing resources for people who, you know, um, you know, it's just all tremendous stuff. Um, we were driving around yesterday with my campaign manager and we were over by Showcase North and I was, thinking about like the development that we're, I've worked with them on around behind Mount Ave. And I'm like, oh, this is great. There's going to be market rate housing there. And we're driving by the old Barber's Crossing and we were able to get that problem properly, take property taken care of. And I'm like, you know, thinking about, you know, all my advocacy for the Higgins Industrial Army and West Bolson Street Corridor and all the things that I've done to do this. But like driving around, my campaign manager <laughs> looks at me, she's like, why does nobody like you? <laughs> I was like, like, I don't know. I was like, we just need to, it's a, you know, change, change that narrative. Right. <laughs> One family at a time. <laughs> well, I don't want to speak for Ricky, but uh, I, I like you. Unfortunately, you're not in my district, so I will not be voting for you on November 2nd, but. Uh, you can speak for me. I like you too. And you are, I, I'm in your district. Um, yeah. Obviously you very much. I'll have my support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we do really appreciate your time today talking to us about everything that's going on. I know this was kind of like a a kiss. Oh, we got something, Ricky? Before we go, I need to, okay, I probably should have a better idea of what this is. The Burncoat Triangle, that's the spot, that's like the, it's bigger than a patch of grass, but it's like the big grassy area across from, um, uh, yeah, Bushland Pack, okay. There's like a Christmas tree there or something. Is that like the, I know there's like a thing that happens every year that everybody talks about and I never get to go to what it is. And I can't, for some reason, I can't picture anything on that area right now at all, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like a big community spot. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, uh, uh, we have family that lives in Bronco and, um, you know, when the, uh, ALB came in and decimated, it was like the Lorax came through, right. And just like crushed the whole, uh, community, um, I was driving by there one day after talking to a resident and I was like looking at the triangle and I was like, Oh, how cool would it be if we put like a, like a tree there to, um, you know, like a adversity or a perseverance tree or something along those lines. You know, I try to be thoughtful in these ways. Um, have you guys ever been on Facebook and saw the um, Facebook page Worcester love? No. 
I'll so, look it up because that sounds I refreshing do, compared and I do to most everything. of the things I see. <laughs> yeah. Everything I can to stay off of Facebook. Yeah. So, uh, so Worcester Love um, uh, is a uh, page that I created that no one knows that I created, by the way. Um, and um, it was at the height of I did takeout day in the middle of COVID. And so I was like, oh, let's have a takeout day where we can just sort of, um, you know, throw money in the pockets of small business owners this one day. Um, and what I had found was that because of COVID, no one knew it was open or closed or whatever it may be. So I created Worcester Love, reached out to somebody and we created this like logo together or whatever it may be. As like 2,500 or whatever followers and small businesses and the like are just throwing their restaurants and their specials and their thing on there. Like since the, the height of COVID, like no one knows that I did that because I'm not on this soapbox doing that. But similar to the tree, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, it'd be cool to put something there. And there's a bunch of power lines in there. So I work with parks and they were like, we can kind of squeeze it in here and do this here, whatever it may be. And then we had a, um, you know, we got the tree up. Uh, we had a resident from Burncoat was like, oh, can we decorate? I was like, reach out. Yeah, we decorated, do this. And I'm actually trying to do more of the triangle around benches and ADA compliance and some other issues. But it's just a, a cool thing that is kind of born out of something that people probably don't even know that I had anything to do with, frankly, because that's it's never about us. It's about you know, our constituents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, and there's like dozens of those things. Um, but my wife will never really let me, you know, get out there and be like, oh, I've done this and this and this and this and this and this, uh, as she shouldn't. But, um, but yeah, just another example of that. Well, That's if there's so ever cool. a time, now's the time. Yeah. If you need to like leak some cool information, like, Hey, like there's this sick park thing and she won't let you do it. Just let us know. And we're pretty loud on social. Oh, so. Ricky's a great <laughs> hype man. So 149 West Billison Drive, right? Uh, so if you're coming up uh, Norton Drive and you're coming okay. that set of lights and you can take a left and go uh, into the mall, the mall in the back door and the, lot, and the lottery's right there on your left. If you were to take an immediate right there, then take another immediate right. There's this beautiful parcel um, that we got the uh, uh, state rep John Mahoney to to get an earmark for us to clear. The city cleared it and is fertilizing doing that. This is like I'm I'm growing a green space in the district. What? And it's on the lake. It is one of the most beautiful scenes in all the city that nobody knows about. Wait, what's the address again? Because I need to go see this. <laughs> One forty nine West Boylston Drive. And so we, it's, uh, we, we were uh, granted the opportunity to oversee it from the state for a dollar a year. They can't have any active recreation. So you can't put a soccer field, football field, anything like that. Yeah. You can do sick art there, sick murals there. Um, like this, you know, like I, I like the seven sisters idea of all the, you know, the plants and the this and a walking park and maybe a dog thing, some cool. That's so cool. It's the most beautiful, it's one of the most beautiful places in the whole entire city that nobody knows about. And I, I grew that green space. Not, personal, so not personally, but yeah. Like, like yeah, I, you worked with people to do it. I got that done. Um, and it's just like, uh, at the end of the day, um, to what we were initially talking about, there's so much mistruth and so much like sadness and anger and like obsessions about where I am or what I'm doing or other than like people don't realize that there are, there are eight neighborhood groups in district one, eight 
Greater Hammond Heights Neighborhood Group, Saxon Road Neighborhood Group, Indian Lake Community Association, Indian Lake Watershed Association. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You have your YMCA people, you have your Bancroft people, you have your your uh, Burn Co you know, uh, meeting, you have your Lincoln Village meeting, you have your Lincoln Village Neighborhood Association, like you have your Grapefruit Path. Like there's all these things you know, going on that, like, if I were to clone myself, I would never be able to get to all these. It's like hyper-focus on all these things. And, and, you know, people are feeding into this misinformation. So it's become less about like, these are all the cool things that I've done. And it's more about like, people get out and vote. Just people do your homework and get out and vote, you know, uh, because, you know, you can say like, oh, you, you know, helped grow a green space, which is impossible to do in the city, as you both are aware. Um, and people are like, yeah, but he hates the police. Right. Or, you know, or, you know, he, he pulled the yes. He was I was the deciding voting pulling SROs out of school, which is like incredible math because they do everything alphabetically. So it's like I don't even know how like, the math works on that. I'm like, so if I was deciding vote and I'm R and Mo Bergman you know what I mean? I'm like, like, this is interesting. <laughs> so it's like Bergman to Wally, but somehow I was deciding vote on it. It's just, unfortunately, that's what's sticking in the minds of people versus, yeah. you know, some of the other things that we've been referencing and talking about. So we just need to get people out to vote. And hopefully when they do, they do a little homework in advance. Yeah. That's yeah. the most important thing. I think people just need to educate themselves on, on what's happening instead of seeing the highlight of, because most of the time the highlight or the headlines aren't true. Like you very clearly don't hate the police. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Spoiler. I knew that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for any listeners that, you know, where Sean isn't being, isn't your uh, district city councilor, my God, for the people listening where Sean isn't your city councilor, go educate yourself on who your city councilor is. Um, again, here in Worcester, we have a, a vote coming up on November 2nd and you might be somewhere else. You know, city politics is important. Local politics is important. And go find who the heck's representing you. Sean, how do people find you? Like, what's a good way for them to educate themselves on your campaign? I mean, I am a simple Google search. You can find me, um, S-E-A-N-R-O-S-E, Sean Michael Rose, named after Sean Connery. My mom had a big crush on him. Um, <laughs> but um, I have the most Irish name in the world, Sean Michael Rose. So Is that, that explains the sweater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, F-O-R for Worcester.com. I mean, we're just so any social media outlet, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, uh, my daughters are now our, my TikTok social media ladies right now. They, they did a funny video with us yesterday on the scooters. That's about to drop any moment now. This is the best news ever. Yeah. I'm impressed. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Smart. Get on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I still don't, I mean, I'm an old dude. I still don't really understand Instagram that well. Like uh, I'm like, all I see is the same pictures that people are doing on other social media. I, I don't know. Right. Someday it'll, someday it'll come together for me, but uh, the TikTok is, yeah. It's all about TikTok and Twitter. Tony. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Sean. I, uh, I hope this helps correct some of those misinformation that's out there. And if anybody has anything else that we didn't cover, please feel free to talk to Sean directly. You can go ask him some questions because clearly he's, uh, he's an open book when it comes to his job and his, his city that he loves.
Absolutely. Cool. And I appreciate you too, um, getting out the vote and word and information and anybody that we can engage, it's super important. We don't, our news sources are um, evaporating here in the city and we need more people yeah. like uh, out there, you know, getting, getting not just information about the elected stuff, but just, just general information to the public is uh, really necessary more than ever right now. So appreciate you both. Totally. Oh, thank you. Anything we can do to help. It's weird to be considered a news outlet. I, I, I don't necessarily know if that's the correct term for us, but we do like to hype people that are that are into this city, that are doing the work, that are not necessarily have the light shine on them. And if that does not describe you, then I don't know who else does. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll check you all out. Hopefully November 3rd, we're all popping some seltzers, some uh, Topo Chico <laughs> or non-polar seltzers. <laughs> sounds terrific cool thank you so much appreciate you both very very much thank you welcome back um that was awesome i mean i know sean i know we referenced that list of people <laughs> from when we started this we're like oh we should have this person on we should have yeah, this person on seriously and sean's been tossed around in that that bucket a whole bunch uh and i think it made a lot of sense to do it now. I'm super excited that he like was down to come on and, and, and educate us and hopefully everybody listening and hopefully more people can find this at some point. Um, and just kind of figure out and like get to learn a little bit more about Sean and about this part of the city that he was yeah. for. It's it's fascinating to hear all the different things that he has as impact as somebody else that likes to or prefers to work in the background. It isn't necessarily about the spotlight. Like I respect the way he works and I respect like what he's been able to achieve and totally. arguably not that long of a time. Yeah. I mean, it, so like, yeah, I agree with you. I totally respect the like doing it in the, in the shadows and, and all that stuff. And like, at the end of the day, it's more, it's more important that those jobs get done and they get done correctly. And I, that's like very clearly his number one focus. Um, but when it comes to running for office, you would hope that there's like more spotlight on things like that because it would help kind of squash the the false narrative that's out there. Which, yeah, it does make it a little challenging to run on your merits when nobody knows what your merits are. I know. It's so. like Patrice Bergeron. He's like the Patrice Bergeron of City Council. My favorite Bruins player, but he just doesn't get the like, notoriety throughout the league he does now a little bit but he's like in his late 30s you know we all know that patrice bergeron's career is very much on the back end even though he's still scoring 30 goals a game or third game wow 30, 30 goals a year uh and just being one of the probably you know top five or six best defensive players defensemen included games players in the game um at the end of the year you just wish that he was a little louder that way he would get those mvp votes and all the selkies that he deserves. Sean's kind of like that. Yeah, I would agree. Sean ironcladded my vote. Like I, I'm almost going to move to district one just to vote for him <laughs> right in the heat of powwow. There was uh right in the middle of powwow Worcester this year. There was a, a picnic night off back, you know, with all the artists and a lot of the committee members and stuff. And Sean showed up. He had uh patronage or patronized. Nope. He had purchased a bunch of cannabis from the dispensaries in his area and came and gifted it to the artists. That's so he awesome. Showed up with a couple pre-rolls and gave it to a bunch of the artists. And the artist was like, oh my God. And this is a city counselor. So had my vote, understood his audience. I mean, again, it that is such a small thing compared to everything else, but it really just speaks to him understanding. He understands how to talk to the people that he's representing and talk to the people that he's talking to. 
Yeah. I mean, I, so like I, I live in district one and like, I literally had no idea what the, what the, the boundaries of district one were. I don't know what any of them are in the city at all. Uh, and I've lived in, well, I guess technically twice I've lived in district one, but I lived in other districts very much so. Um, but it's really cool that it goes from, from, you know, like you're saying, like the Highland street area and it like pizza shapes. And then it goes over to like the Lincoln village area. Like that's really cool. I had no idea. I knew Burncoat and like the area I live in, like I knew all that was a part of it, but I had no idea that it went to the lengths that it does. It's just really interesting. The, the vastness of, of the people that he like represents. It's really, really cool. And he yeah. very much so does a great job. So. So that's what we think. That's what we think you guys should vote for on November 2nd. But if he doesn't represent you, then you should go educate yourself and figure out who is the person to vote for on November 2nd. That's true. We will do our best to get out as much info as possible about the people that we think um, would be oh, a really cool. great, really great addition to the, to the squad. Yeah, <laughs> they should change but, the name from city council to well, actually, no, the city actually, squad. Well, I was just thinking about it like squad, city force. squad sounds kind of cool, but then Jedi Council and city council kind of sounds like they're Jedi's, which is pretty sick. So, I guess it really depends on like how you feel. Like, are you the, a Star Wars kid? Are you like a does Sean get a lightsaber for getting he elected? He should, that'd be sick. He's probably the only person I don't really know any of the city councilors, like personally but it would be i don't know if i i wonder like who would be the funniest i gotta have to ask brian o'donnell like who would you trust the most with a lightsaber on city council and who would you trust the absolute least with a lightsaber on city council ricky this is a very important question um and i want you to know that i take it extremely seriously um you know there's some options i think for who would be the most competent with a lightsaber um you know gary rosen world-class pickleball player um so you know i think that his skills speak for themselves but really when it comes down to it the only option is sarai sarai rivera uh is a killer i think we can we can see it we can all see it um, she's, uh, also the only cool person on the city council. So I, the only person I'd want to see with a, uh, with a lightsaber in their hand. Now, worst, uh, mo least competent with a lightsaber. We have so many options here. Um, you could imagine almost any of them, um, accidentally killing themselves with a Jedi sword. Um, I think, Kate Toomey immediately would cut her foot off. Uh, she'd be very extremely busy um, trying to lick the boots of uh, Darth Vader or another Sith. Um, and she would get distracted. Um, Mo Bergman, uh, I don't know. He, uh, he, he is stupid. He's very stupid. Um, George Russell, no, fuck no. Uh, he gets shot in his spaceship trying to bomb the Death Star. Matt Wally is C-3PO, so robots and droids cannot have lightsabers. Um, this is very tough. This is a very tough... 
Donna Calorio would be bad too, but she, um, is the same species as Yoda. So, um, I don't know if there's an outside chance that she'd be good at it. I think when it comes down to it, um, the worst city councilor with a lightsaber, um, would be Candy Merrill Carlson. Um, because, uh, I can't imagine she's ever, uh, held a tool in her life or done anything for herself. Okay. Thanks. Sorry for partying. Bye. Also, the mayor is Chewbacca. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. And with that, we are going to get out of here. If you want to find us, find us at seltzertime.com. If you want to find me, find me at Hunchback Travis. If you guys want to find me, um, you can find me at Seltzer Time Official. Always. We're on everything. We literally don't touch our Facebook because that's like a weird thing that nobody cares about. Uh, and so we're mostly just on Instagram. Our Twitter has been lit recently. Yeah, it has. We've been lit. We've been getting slipped some inside information from some sources. So we're excited about that. Um, our TikTok is a work in progress, but it's only a matter of time until Tobo Chico is like, yo, we need a Super Bowl commercial. And I know the perfect people for it. And then they don't choose us. They choose two people who are actually talented and much more deserving, but they send us a couple cases and then let us do like an Instagram story takeover. And then, but like on Super Bowl night, that'd be, that's kind of like, that's cool. So you find us there. Uh, yeah. So I'll see you guys later. You all, you can find me personally, Dick Chuck 77. <laughs> that was the worst outro I've ever done, but whatever. We'll see you next week. We're doing it. Bye guys.